Can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Adore Beauty acknowledges First Nations people as the traditional owners across the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome back to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Hannah First. And I am your summer co-host, Melissa Mason. Hannah, I am in Japan. Mm-hmm. Chaotic. <laughs> I know. There's no announcement. I'm just here. <laughs> surprised and I've been here for a couple of days and I already have something I've been dying to tell you about because I think that it solves our entire workplace etiquette poo problem mm-hmm. and I don't understand how all companies haven't gotten onto this so in Japan in like all the public toilets well I think in every toilet but public toilets is what we're going to talk about right now they have a bunch of buttons. Like, you know how they have bidets and all these other fancy things? They have, like, warmed toilet seats. It's like an experience to go to the bathroom here. It's a beautiful time. <laughs> like, it's to be savoured. But what is really amazing is I was looking at all the buttons and I wasn't game to press everything because I was like, I don't really want water shooting up. Into my face. Into my face or on other parts of my body <laughs> yeah. at any point in time. But then I was I was looking across and then there was one that had like little music notes. And you can't, like, you well, can't I, mix that up. Like that has to be music if there's the music. Support. It has to be music. And yeah. also if you see music notes on a button next to a toilet, you're going to press it. A hundred percent. I need to know what that does. And so I pressed it and it was like, you know, a white noise machine. Yep. It was essentially like a waterfall version of a white noise machine. <laughs> so it sounded like, like a beautiful waterfall. like nature waterfall. sounds. Cause you can go, Like you can nature get, sounds. Yeah. Exactly. And so there was this waterfall music playing and you can adjust the volume. And then I realized the reason this is playing is so that you can disguise the little plops into the toilet of your poo. And I was like, this is genius. Like, what if you had like a horrific toilet situation and you're running into the bathroom and you're just like, of all the things I don't need right now, I do not need people hearing what is happening in here. Just press the little music button and everyone uses it. So everyone in all the stalls was putting it on. Yes. So it's it's not like obvious if you put it on what you're doing because everyone's using it. Oh, well, see, I was going to say if you put the music on, then it would be obvious to everyone else that you are doing yeah. the poo. I actually, when you said that, thought, why don't all workplaces have like a Sonos soundbar in the bathroom and just play music <laughs> all the time? <laughs> Like that would be the most like loud then, Calvin Harris music. <laughs> totally, because then no one knows. Like no one, it's it. No one's turned the music on. That would be like the most ideal scenario, I think. Absolutely agree. The only thing with the warm toilet seat for me doesn't mm-hmm. that feel like someone's been sitting on the toilet too long and warmed the seat up? Look, yes, I felt like. <laughs> In the public toilet, as you know, I don't sit on the toilet in public toilet, oh, so, so I didn't you, know. It, you've never experienced going into a toilet and the toilet seats. <laughs> no, I have not. But it, in the private toilets that you have in your hotel room, they also have the heated toilet seat. And in that scenario, I really enjoyed it. But I can imagine in a public toilet scenario, it would be not exactly ideal to have a warm <laughs> toilet seat. <laughs> Someone spent time in there. <laughs> Oh, but look, what is on today's show, Hannah? On today's episode, we're talking about Sula. Have I said that right? You've said that right, and I will explain later. 
<laughs> and then we're actually talking to brothers Luke and Sassy Scott. And I think the highlight of this conversation was they sort of give us the down low on their hair transplants, which was so interesting mm. to hear them talk about it. And of course, the products we didn't know we needed. So Sula, which is S-U-L-A for anyone listening, you didn't know what this was, Hannah. No, I did some. I did a bit of research though. There's a few articles about it online. Uh-huh. I just thought it was sweaty upper lip, but actually, it, yeah. there's an A on the end. Well, I don't know if it was originated by this film or whether the A has always been in there and the film's just borrowed it. Basically, the first time I heard of Sula was in Wild Child, which is a very, very underrated teen rom-com starring Emma Roberts Mm -hmm. from, like, I would say, like, the 2000s. She basically is this, like, privileged American rich girl that gets sent to English boarding school and, like, runs amok. Uh, It's a great film. Everyone should watch it. Fantastic. But in that film, there is a scene where she is facing off with, like, the school bully and they're, like, you know, bantering, like, back and forth, little, like, barbs at each other. And she says something like, oh, do I see a Sula? And she, like, <laughs> runs her finger, like, under her nose. And the other girl is like, what do you mean? And it means sweaty upper lip action. Yeah, ra- so random. Sweaty so upper random. Lip. Yeah. But at the same time... When you know what it means, you have had that experience, right? Totally. So it's basically when your top lip, beads of sweat start to form and you can feel it. But also if you've ever seen yourself in a mirror when it's happening, it's quite obvious. Like it's It's like little bubbles. Tiny little droplets for some reason. And they pull particularly if you're like me and you have Greek background or Mediterranean background or any background where you're going to get your little moustache hairs, it pulls in those hairs. It makes it... Like it really gives you a, a sweaty moustache, I would say. Well, I would also say for me, the other thing, I don't know if, I think this sort of has ha- has happened to me where if you've got sunscreen as well, that will like drip. You know, when you, if you've got yes. like a really hydrating sunscreen and then the sunscreen mm-hmm. will like drip down into your mouth. Like, have you been to the gym and then put your moisturizer and sunscreen on too soon and your skin is still too hot? Yeah. That's when I get a really bad sore is like, Right then, it was where my skin is still going, hey, I'm still cooling down here. You've put too many things on my face. It's not the time. I do not have a solution for this. I have not discovered an effective solution for Sula except to just, like, pat at it with the sleeve of your shirt, which is obviously not ideal, especially if you have makeup on or tinted moisturizer or something because then it just gets all over the sleeves of your shirt. I get the, like, I guess T-zone Sula. (laughs) Mm. Really bad. (laughs) T-zone Sula. (laughs) Tula. Tula, the Tula. (laughs) So I get that really, really badly. And that would be like all across my nose. You get that like really that sweat. And so I always do the Eat Cosmetics Bye Bye Pause. And I actually always forget to do the upper lip. Do you know it's 38 degrees in Melbourne today? And I actually... What? Can you see my upper lip? Now that I actually think about it, can you see it is starting I'm, to... I'm trying to look. It you, looks, know, you know what? It looks glowy. It looks like a glow through the screen. Do you know, what's, do you know what's the worst thing about recording a podcast on 38 degree day is that I can't put the aircon on. And I am dying inside. And as we know, my new clear clinical protection deodorant isn't working as effectively as the powder one. (laughs) It was like already 35 maybe when I walked to work and there was a man and I didn't see him. And you know when you lift your arm up and you smell your underarms just to make sure? (laughs) Yes. 
And then this man just spots you and you're like, great, yeah, all yeah, I needed yeah. today. You know, when you're in, you're in your like your secret quiet time yep. as you walk to work and you forget that there's other people. Yes, absolutely. That's the mode I was in. I do that when I'm getting out of the car, but I'll have a song playing and I was singing in the car, fine. And then I'm getting out of the car, but I keep singing it and I forget that mm-hmm. I'm in public and I can't really sing. And now everyone's hearing me singing along to Taylor Swift as I'm climbing out of the car. <laughs> but yes, I'm getting a bit of a sore now too. I feel like I'm really prone to it and I don't know why, but like, I don't feel like powder does much for it because it's not oil, it's sweat. True. I wonder if you cut up a chucks, right? Because they're absorbent. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> wait, I've got a point here. I think I found it. I think I found the solar solution as we've been talking. So I'm going to cut up a wet X into little strips and then have one in my bag and then I can discreetly just pat this fluoro-coloured <laughs> little strip under my nose to soak up the excess sweat without transferring the makeup onto anything else. I think that's genius. So there's actually an article and Nicole Scherzinger went on to the Kelly Clarkson show and she said, this is so fun, like it's just random. She said, I learned a new word in Australia. So this is what's keeping me motivated. I learned Sula. Does anyone know what Sula is? If you don't have a Sula, you're not working hard enough. A Sula is a sweaty upper lip alert. And the weird thing is in this, this was a Daily Mail article and they said, awkward, although Nicole learned the acronym Sula in Australia, it is actually a reference to the movie Wild Child. I don't know why she thought it was an Australian, she thought it was an Australian slang word. Maybe we really like Wild Child and like, it's got a real audience in Australia. I'm going to go with powder as the powder that you would use on your Tula. You can use it on the Sula. Well, I'm going to cut up my wet X's, so we'll see who wins here. <laughs> Luke and Sassy Scott, welcome to Beauty IQ. You are the hilarious, iconic brothers. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks so much, Hannah and Mel, for having us. I think I'm still not used to, and it feels weird when people say, like, iconic or anything like that. Like, we're still, let me make it clear, two brothers from the hood that have no idea why this is happening. And to add to that, to be on a beauty podcast as well. This this is very new territory for us. (laughs) This was not on the 2024 bingo card. No, this wasn't on the card. Imagine on Sportsbet or something, how much this would be paying. True. (laughs) We're not gamblers. Oh, yeah, God, no. So that was actually my first question because you've obviously got a massive audience, three and a half million followers on TikTok. Your videos get millions of views. And what I really wanted to know was like, when did you think this could actually be something big? When do you put it down to, Scott? It wasn't the numbers for me. I never thought we would get a career out of it. Even when we were getting the most views constantly on all the videos, I still never thought it would be a career out of this. I was doing it for just the fun, getting getting numbers. Like, I was just got a high out of that. Mm. Well, it took Scott even longer because he didn't even know what was going on on TikTok. We had a million followers <laughs> and still thought it was like this little game I was playing online. Luke said to me, <laughs> no lie, one day, Luke goes, Scott, you're kind of blowing up on TikTok. Like, it's a big deal. And I was like, I'm a big deal everywhere. Get used to it. I had no <laughs> idea that we he was filming these videos and that we had a million people following us. And it wasn't until, and I say this a lot and I feel repetitive, but I started to go to cafes and people would open the door for me and go, they'd go, g'day, sassy. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And what I think the day, hang on, this was a turning moment for me where I think I went, hang on, this is a big deal, right? 
not saying we're a big deal, but this is this, what's <laughs> happening to us. Yeah. I was getting a lot of attention really quickly, no matter where I went. And it was overwhelming. And each day is different. I said to my husband on a Tuesday night, I said, we wanted fish and chips. I'm obsessed with fish and chips. And he said, do you want to come to the fish and chip shop? And I went, oh, it's a Tuesday night. Not many people will be out. I'm not going to have to front up and, you know, be overwhelmed by saying hello to so many people. And we're walking to the fish and chip shop and we get out the front and there's these two men in there. One would have been, I don't know, about 35, 40 middle-aged white man. The other one would have been a 65-year-old white man. I walk in and I remember saying to myself, safe. I'm not going to have to talk. I'm not going to have to do anything right now. Sure enough, I walk in and this guy goes, no way, sassy Scott. And my jaw drops. Then the other bloke goes, oh my God, my family loves you. And I just went, oh my God, this is next level. That's when I knew something special and different was happening out there. I think while Scott was talking, it hit me. I was only ever worried about losing the account. So I would get warnings on every video, like your account's violated. You're about to get deleted. (laughs) This is bullying and harassment, like in every single video. So I got word there was going to be a TikTok event in Melbourne. I was like, Scott, let's, let's crash it. Like who cares? Like we've got enough followers. Like surely we could just get in by whatever means. And sure enough, we got in, we got to meet some people from TikTok head office and like your account's fine. And then from that night we met our manager And then it all started from there on a more serious note. And one of the heads of TikTok said, oh my God, the MVPs are here. And I was like, who? And they were like, (laughs) you guys. And we were like, hang on, we've snuck into this event. They're like, we didn't think we would even be able to get you to come to an event like this. And we were like, huh? Scott still doesn't know that she said that to the people in front of us and behind (laughs) us. (laughs) (laughs) Did she say she did it? You're a liar. Hey, speaking of pranks, what, mm. Luke, has been your favourite one to pull on, Scott? My favourite prank? I I get joy out of the ones that I feel like I need to put more work into. There's been a few that literally I didn't even put effort in and still goes well. And I'm like, that doesn't even deserve to go well. But the <laughs> one where I like all the poo sort of related ones. So there was one where I made like this fake it sounds disgusting. Yeah. I'm so sorry for everyone listening, but it's my favourite. But I had to make fake poo and I put it all over my shorts and pretend I had shat myself to <laughs> Scott because I knew he would be like, it's a prank, but I knew if the smell was bad enough, he would somewhat believe it. So I reckon that was my favourite. I'm just seeing him dry reaching and me pretending I had gastro or something. And let me give you the other side of that. I come out, he's carrying on, he's like, eh, how, eh, eh. I come out and I look and I'm laughing and I'm like, this is funny. He's going to a new level, right? Because the diarrhea looks real. But then I'm like, hang on, it smells like real diarrhea. So I'm like, what's going on? And then I later find out he put like off meat outside in the sun for a week oh, to make it stink. Hurry. Like curry, tuna, everything's mixed food. together. So then my, oh my God. I'm so sorry to everyone right now. My brain isn't <laughs> computing. I'm like, hang on. I know he pranks me, but this is, maybe he has actually just shut his pants. Like, How? Cause it stinks. Or he was so committed to the prank that he actually yeah. did it on purpose. Yeah. But I normally <laughs> yeah. do it all where Scott's the only audience and not normally have anyone else around. But we're out the front because Scott's screaming for me to get outside and a family friend's rocked up They're at the door. Sure. I've got like all this fake poo all down my shorts. I'm like, it's not real. It's not real. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not real. <laughs> 
that's true. I forgot but about like, that. Like, I don't Lauren. care that it's not real. It's still disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so as you did mention, Beauty Podcast, it was on the top of your bucket list this year. <laughs> we got there, Scott. Yes. You got there. So our listeners are passionate about skincare and we really want to know about your skincare routines and do you wear SPF every day? I do indeed. Oh, oh very good. Yep. I, very I reckon good. that's my number one. I very started vocal from, about it too. Very vocal about it. By trade, I'm a radiographer at a hospital here in Melbourne. So I've seen the negative side of what sun can do with damaged melanomas, how quick they can spread, mm. the very negative side to that. It's the one you don't want pretty much, right? And also aging, a few things all go together that and you get on one side of TikTok and all you see is skincare sunscreen. And I think that scared the shit out of me as well. Yeah. So yeah. I put it on every day. Scott, do you? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> and... Hence our complexions are a bit different right now too. Yeah, yeah very different. Right? <laughs> I went for my first mole map two days ago. Oh, that's good. Which is really good, which I was nervous going into. I've been, you know, l- the little kid that ran around. I used to call myself nature boy. thought I was free and never wore sh- I still don't wear shoes out on the street. People think it's weird. You know, and I've experienced <laughs> a lot of sunburn over the years. Traumatic sunburn. And since I've gotten a pool, you know, I definitely slip, slop, slap a whole lot more. But do I do it every day? No. So going into my mole map just a couple of days ago, I was like, oh, God. Fortunately, they said there's nothing of concern, which was good. But I think Luke said to me, well, now is when you need to, like, ship up or shape out. Yeah. Like, yeah. now you need to He's start. like, oh, yeah, I'm still getting away with it. Your mentality was, yes, everything I'm doing is fine. I was like, no, it's not, you idiot. This is, like, your wake-up call. <laughs> But you're right, though. Yeah, this is your wake up. Every time I get one of the checks, and probably everyone listening, and you too, even that feeling of lying there when they're looking through them all, you're just waiting for that, I don't know, negative comment Mm -hmm. to come through. It is a bit of a worrying thing, but book it in if you haven't already. And to the other part of your question, skincare. Mm. I had terrible acne growing up. Terrible. I had cystic acne on my face. Sometimes I'd wake up with a fucking golf ball hanging off the side of my face. No exaggeration. And I've said to management that I don't want to do a deal with a skincare brand because it is so personal. And this comes from someone who has tried and is still trying absolutely everything to find that moment of looking at myself in the mirror and liking what I see on the outside. I'm happy with the inside, but we still- We can start with sunscreen. <laughs> we, still, we strive for an ideal of what we look like on the outside. And it, yeah. and when you are mm. experiencing bad skin or skin that you're not comfortable with, you're very vulnerable. And I don't want to be responsible for somebody wishing and hoping and trying and being so desperate in trying to find something that works for them just because it works for me. But talking about it's not always negative, I don't think either, because it can even open the door for people to be introduced to skincare. True. I'm saying me personally, mm. I don't want to influence people that are vulnerable. Yeah, right. Actually, I really want to talk to you guys about the hair transplant because yeah. I I'll get close. loved this. <laughs> Looks, Looks great. We love our hair. <laughs> but what I really, really loved about it is that I feel like this is such a space where men in particular really hide or shy away from talking about their hairline thinning hair, receding hair. It's like they will do all this stuff in secret to treat Mm. it, but they don't want to admit that they're doing it. There's this real shame around it. And so for you guys to publicly be like, 
We're getting this done. We're going to run you through the process. We're going to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. My favorite part of your hair transplant journey was Luke when you walk in and Scott is like about to go to hospital. But this is me and my sister, okay? Because like, I was like, this is so relatable from a sibling perspective. I was losing my shit. Because you're just like, oh, get over it. You're like, you like walk in there, you're like, oh, he's being dramatic. There's two people (laughs) that get a hair transplant and you're just like fully like not even buying into it. And next minute there's this this shot of the ambulance. (laughs) To add to that, you asked what my favourite prank video was. I said that, but this is probably my favourite video. But (laughs) getting the transplant is something we always wanted. But the funny side of it is that Scott just doesn't care for the world in terms of, I was like, how many days off work have you got? He's like, one. And I was like, I've taken pretty much two weeks off work because I've seen like the (laughs) aftermath, how much our head swells. And he was like, nah. And so then when I've rocked up the next morning, he's just lying there like this. He's got three paramedics around him getting ready to, and he went to the hospital in the ambulance. I'm like, this is not real. They're like, do you want to come with? And I was, I'm still like, I'm not leaving this house. Like, I'm not going to be seen like it. And yet he's off in the. You're like, you can go. Uh, My sister literally the other day, we went for a hike and I was walking in behind me I heard this like like just falling rocks or something <laughs> and I turned around and she stacked it and I just started laughing at her and then this guy on a bike was going past and he's like is she okay and I literally said to him oh she's fine I just think it's funny <laughs> he looked at us like that's like not right it's a sibling thing siblings yeah. get it but yes yeah, going back to the hair transplant I guess like what was really unexpected for you what was the like weirdest recovery or, like. yeah like what was mm. the recovery stage because even that part where you show and you've got all the little the little blood dots oh, it was like it's quite alarming the unexpected thing for me was I'm a very very self-confident person. I've never really struggled with identity issues. And mm. what has been the biggest surprise to me is really liking what I look at now. Mm. I didn't not like what I was looking at. I had accepted that I was receding heavily. My hair was thinning. You know, I had a husband that was like, if you want to get a hair transplant, we should pay for it. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm not vain. Like, I'll shave my head. But since doing it, I really like how I look. And I think there's so much energy that's put into females and women being able to pursue that feeling. Men very rarely will even scratch, you know, the surface of going, hang on, I'm allowed to like what I look like or how what I look like can impact how I feel in myself. Mm. Probably to add to it as well. Everyone's in some form of denial when they're saying like, oh, should you get it? Should you not get it? Should we have got it? Whatever. But it's more so once you do have it, you realize what you were like. So say for me, it was, I'd be always cautious going to a swimming pool or anywhere wet because I didn't want to get out and have that receding hairline. You were, but at the time it was normal. It was like, I just want to go in the pool, but it was based on that. Another one, like wearing hats out and then say, if you go to a pub and they're like, you got to take your hat off and you're like, oh, I'm not going in the pub now because I'm going to have the worst hat hair. Or even around dinner table and grandma's like, have some respect, like take your hat off like while we're eating. I'm like, fuck off grandma. (laughs) So there was a lot of things (laughs) like that that was happening that looking back, it's easier in hindsight and to reflect. But there were definitely things that it's changed your life potentially for the better or given you weird opportunities that, I don't know, I'll go for a swim now or something different. But no, it was definitely a positive Mm -hmm. that we're looking back and wouldn't regret. 
the process was about a 12-hour day. They were able to take 7,000 donor hairs from the back of my head without compromising the amount of hair that I've got there. And then the next six hours is of them, like, implanting them all back into your head. It was something that, you know, Luke and I aren't vain and we kind of share quite a lot, you know, gross or not. And it was a fun process to go through until... Recovery. I guess the recovery hit, and then we, the last person you want next to you is your brother when you're recovering together. No, that was awful. <laughs> What's really interesting, I think, with hair transplants for men is that the technologies obviously come like a really long way because you're saying that they took the individual hairs and then implanted them. So that's, I think that's, is that fairly new? And then from the videos, like it looks really natural. Is that something that when they go through the process, is that something they show you before and afters? Like, were you worried about the outcome? The technology is incredible. They have this, call it magnifying glass, that's a, I don't know, that's attached to a camera, right? And they do this scan in the back of your head and they know per square centimetre how many follicles you have and follicles can have wow. two hairs growing, coming out of them or up to eight hairs coming out of them. And they know how many they can take from that part of your head without it compromising the look. Then secondly, wow. yeah. there's like multiple different ways a man recedes or balds or loses hair. So they knew genetically where I was receding and thinning. They know where they can take hairs from that would never be compromised, meaning that hair will mm. always stay mm. Because it's a different, it's a genetic hair that like it's the ones at the top will fall out, the ones at the back will always stay. So they know that they can take them mm -hmm. from the donor site because that follicle will always be healthy. Add in the medication. Luke and I are on a drug Yeah, so called... that's the obvious question before we go, just in case we're just left with the transplanted hairs and none of the others than that. I think you'd rather have a receding hairline than that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> so if it recedes further back, they try to stop that with the medication. Yeah, and the medication's right. incredible. That was the biggest turnaround for me. They put me on a six months before the actual transplant. And what that does is, I think it's called crystallization, they oh. say, but it reverses it. So it takes that follicle back to its healthiest point it can be. So if the follicle's still in your head, you can have the healthy hairs start coming back out of it. You don't want it to get too far. So my turnaround was incredible. Like I was practically bald eight months ago. And look at this. This is like healthy as hair. It's incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. I was actually going to ask as well, like, have you had really amazing responses from other men who had previously sort of shied away because it's so accepted for women to, if they have a part of them that is, they're self-conscious about, it's very accepted for us to, you know, tweak it or change it. And there's obviously a conversation around toxic beauty standards in there, right? Yeah. And I'm really passionate about that. And there is something about like, we shouldn't feel bad if we are balding and you can be incredibly attractive bald but at the same time as we're you know slowly chipping away at these toxic beauty standards like you were saying Luke you're still in this world where you feel uncomfortable and have low self-esteem in scenarios day in day out but then for men I think there's another hurdle to jump over of going well it's actually okay for me to care about what I look like and for mm. that to affect me emotionally or mentally that I want to change it or do something about it that, that that's another extra hurdle I find for men so have you had a lot of men kind of come and say thank you so much for doing this and like what, what have people been saying I suppose to you in the DMs it's wild the DMs are yeah. full of it and I think the video must have gone well in some different areas of the world too we were in New York not too long ago and it's 
all anyone in New York could talk to us about. Anyone on the street was about the hair transplant. True. But wow. a lot of men, a lot of women saying about their partners, they've booked them in for a lot of consults. I think it's still a bit taboo and a lot of people are worried to even have the conversation. I've loved it. You get the most hetero, straightest blokes sliding into my DM on my personal account saying, Sassy, tell me the truth. Like, are you really happy with it? Should I? And and there's something beautiful in that vulnerability that I fucking mm-hmm. love in a man, right? Like, they're like, they're kind of like showing a bit of themselves. And I'm like, the turnaround in somebody who's so confident within themselves has just been so fulfilling for me. And a lot I'll probably add to it as well is your own personal growth or your personal confidence. On all our posts before transplant and even now, no one ever comments, oh, they do a little bit about the hair now because we have some, but it was never <laughs> colleagues or anyone going, oh, you got bad hair, you got bad hair. So it's not mm-hmm. for other people, it's more so for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So just to wrap up, we have a cringy combo and I think this like aligns really well with you guys. We do a cringy combo every single episode and we usually ask our guests. I know we've already heard the fake poo story, but do you have any other of like your cringiest stories that people might not know? So I've got a video <laughs> probably about 10 years ago. It's not on YouTube anymore. Of Scott lip no we lip you were lip syncing and listening to delta Goodrum's <laughs> song like sitting on top of the world and every now and then where scott is annoying me i'll just post it as a story and i'll tag delta Goodrum in it and she never she never writes anything but she just likes the video and i'm always like like delta's number one fan <laughs> Like, <laughs> it is so cringy. She's like, okay, again, here we go. This reminds me, I'm going to have to put it up again. <laughs> it's, it's so embarrassing. It's disgusting. He's like, sitting on top. <laughs> <laughs> That's cringe. Anything to do with music. Scott's choice of music. He's sitting in his car and he's always got 80s R&B on again, or something. Again, couldn't give a shit what Luke thinks about me. Luke also, hang on, one of yes. the cringiest things Luke ever did, we were on a panel with really high esteem people in the media and arts industry. And they um, said to I me, heard the question wrong. No, you weren't listening properly. <laughs> and they said, what's your guilty pleasure? But they meant it when it comes to short form content creation. Like, like TikToks or anything. <laughs> Right, we're, yeah, we're, right, right. we're <laughs> sitting at the Actor Awards, the AACTA, the Australian Academy, right? Like on this panel yeah. with really high regarded people. Luke goes, oh my God, it's so cringy. Luke goes, oh, oh my guilty pleasure is cleaning my ears. <laughs> I look at him, I'm like, what? And there was only one mic, so I couldn't say anything. He's holding this microphone and he goes, yeah, you know, I just love getting it in there. And I love twirling it around. He goes, I do it at least twice a day. I'm reading the room. The room's looking at us like, who are these two boys? Why are they on this panel? It has just gone pear-shaped so quickly. And I still feel so sick to my guts every day when I think about that. I'm sweating because there was like no oh, reaction that, from I'm the like audience. I'm like curling in on myself. Oh, they were just looking at me. No one made a comment. The host was just looking at me. Not, no one's even nodding. Like, they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> they're like, stop telling us about your ears and you're just like digging and yes. digging. I know you're not supposed to do it, but God, it's, it's, it is my favourite thing. It, it does feel good. Oh, it God, it's great. great. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, guys, for coming on our podcast. It's been so fun to chat. No, it means a lot to have joined you and to be able to talk about this. You know, skin, I I hope it came across, you know, means a lot to me. It's very important. You know, the vulnerability attached to it is real and it's real for everyone in different ways, shapes and forms. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. Goodbye. Thank you. We love you.
<laughs> now you made it weird, Luke. You made it weird. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, my life is weird. So my PWD KWN is one that I was really surprised by because for context, I haven't really used a vitamin C serum for quite a while. And that was because I had randomly used one a while ago, gave myself perioral dermatitis, which as we know, takes months and months to go away. It's a real traumatic time. So I was kind of scared off them for a while, but then I felt like my skin just wasn't looking glowy enough. And I always found like vitamin C serums were what gave it that little extra like Oh, what's she got on her face? Like, oh, your skin looks great. You know, that vibe. And so I wanted to try something new and I'd heard good things about the Viviology Vitamin C Serum, but I'd also heard like some critique that had said that it was quite watery, which was interesting to me. So I sort of like expected it to be too watery. I didn't find it too watery. If anything, I found it quite similar, both in texture and in like its efficacy to the SkinCeutical CE Ferulic Serum, which is also like, you know, it's in a dropper. So it's quite, it's like liquidy. It's not so much like a gel, but I really like that in a vitamin C serum because I'll sort of pat it into my skin and then go in Mm, with moisturizer. Like I don't need it to be gel consistency. What I really liked about this, it didn't irritate my skin. I was also a bit nervous because some people had said they felt it was tingly, but I've got quite sensitive skin and it wasn't tingly on me or at least not more tingly than a vitamin C usually is. So it didn't irritate my skin. So glowy, such quick results. I felt like within like a week, I noticed a difference just in that, like when you just catch yourself in the mirror and you've got no makeup on and you're like, wow, my skin looks really great today. Vitamin C always does that. Yeah. Yeah, You know, like, like it's a hard thing to describe in terms of like you know, like, cause you can say like, oh, pigmentation cleared up or like, you know, my skin texture had changed. But I think with glowiness, it's a really hard thing to describe, but it's definitely that catch yourself in the mirror and going, wow, my skin looks great and there's nothing on it. Or someone says to you, whoa, your skin looks really great, you know? So I've been using that. I think another thing that is really great about it is for a vitamin C serum, I will flag an affordable price point. So it's $59 which I think if you're in the business of buying the serums, that is actually on the more affordable end because you can really get into like the $200, $300 mark with some serums and especially like active serums. So yeah, big fan, big fan of vitamin C. It's back on the menu for my skin now. (laughs) I think Viviology is great. So I'm glad you're on the bandwagon. Yeah, I'm on the bandwagon. I've joined. I guess the product I did want to say mine was on the affordable side because it's $26 from moisturizer. I guess from my perspective, with the price of like the pizza I order for my solo self-care night <laughs> yeah. is $30. Yeah. That's yeah. one meal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's sort of the time that we live in. It's unfortunate, but I guess comparative to my pizza, this is even this is cheaper than the pizza that I order. Fully. So maybe maybe we should start talking in terms of instead of budget <laughs> or like affordable. Yeah. This is actually compared to my pizza, this is like three quarters <laughs> of a pizza. So, because I feel like that puts it into my head. Only, and it only costs three I quarters of a pizza. 
I don't want to say like, oh, it's so affordable because everyone's definition of affordable yes. is so different. And I think that that review that we saw was like, you know, everyone for me. So I'm going to talk in terms of pizza. Yeah. This is so okay. So the story I've already spoken about the Cerave facial moisturizing lotion. I didn't realize there was a PM and an, and an AM. Mm. So I actually was talking about the PM lotion when I spoke about it. And what I find is that PM lotion, it's a little bit more of a gel texture. Mm. But I've just started using, I love these CeraVe moisturizers, mm. the facial moisturizing lotion AM, which I actually didn't realize. And that one actually has a bit more of a creamy lotion texture. And mm-hmm. it also has SPF 15 in it as well. So like sometimes I guess if I'm just at home, like at the moment walking outside, obviously I would want a 50 plus because it's so hot at the moment. Mm. But I guess the day one with the SPF 15, if I'm like in the house or I'm at my desk, like I feel like that, like this is a great day moisturizer. I really love the CeraVe moisturizers. Uh, I think they're at a good pizza price point. Comparative, yeah, great Lee. pizza price point. <laughs> <laughs> pizza price points it's the new it's the and new vdiq standard they have like i find that the ceramides in these moisturizers i genuinely find them really hydrating mm. i also use the version of this on the body as well and what i find with that gel texture is that it's like it's really hydrating without like because i've got oily skin without like clogging mm. and like feeling like i have like a layer on top of my skin like i feel like my skin can breathe but I also feel like it's this, there's something about the ceramides. Who knows what those ceramides are doing, but I really love them. And on the topic of CeraVe, mm-hmm. did you see, I know we're a little bit late to the party because we record in advance. Did you see the CeraVe Super Bowl ad with Michael Sarah? So I haven't, and I haven't on purpose because I want you to describe it to me. And now I am the listener hearing about the CeraVe okay. ad. So it, it has like Zoolander vibes. Okay. It really reminds me of there's like a scene in the Zoolander movie. Oh, water is the essence of purity. Yeah. That is exactly the vibe. Oh, and my gosh. And basically he says like the secret's out. It's his moisturizer. Like yeah. CeraVe is his moisturizer. And it's so – I read the I read through the comments on YouTube and people were like, can't believe CeraVe is doing this. This is amazing. Because they've basically like had all of this social content going out and it's all led to the point where they've had this Super Bowl ad, which was just like – I thought it was so funny. So, so good. And – yeah, I think it I think it was like you just have to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I have to say that marketing and advertising team needs a raise. I think this has been totally. the best beauty campaign in ages because it's not a beauty campaign. It's just a joke, but it's also like in in and of the joke. It's created so much buzz. It's like if, if your goal is for everyone to think about CeraVe, you're thinking about CeraVe now, right? So, I'm going to play you I'm Michael Sarah, and I'm pleased to announce that this is my cream. <laughs> you didn't know? Generosity. The truth has been hiding in plain sight. Everyone, please <laughs> go whispering. and watch it for, for a lol. It's so good if you, missed, if you oh. missed it. I'm one of those people that goes and watches every single Super Bowl ad. I yes. watched every single Super Bowl ad last night. Apparently it's like $7 million or something to get a slot. For in 30 the Super seconds. Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, they'd want to be good, right? That doesn't even account for like the talent. No. Celebrities in every single app yeah. that I've pretty much watched. Oh, it is wild out there. But yes, I'm going to go and watch a lot of YouTube videos now, I think, Hannah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And we'd love to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you could leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.